You see, the pleasure that we as guys get from pornography, it's all self-centered. So that makes it awfully difficult to develop any kind of a meaningful relationship with a spouse when you're focusing just on yourself. And with the way the world is now, we get it from everywhere. It's hard to fight off. Well, you're stronger if you try not to fight it alone. If you feel the temptation is getting the upper hand, get some support from someone you trust. Someone who can help you refocus from the temptation to the power that will help you overcome it. And I just want all you guys to know, I'm available for you anytime you might need me, whether at the college or here at home. I like to listen to music get on after I have a hit of my thought of my thought of my thought. I like to listen to music get on after I have a hit of my thought of my thought of my thought. I like to listen to music get on after I have a hit of my bong bong. If I need to write a song, but it didn't take me very long. Well, now's the end. Uh, yeah. Oh, Adam and Eve, Eve. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, E. Simon. Hi, I'm Kate Rambo. Hiya. Kate Rambo. Hi. Have you ever been to a magic show? Uh... When I was a little kid, I actually went to go and see uh, the famous guy who fell off his roof. Everyone, Copperfield? Rod, Rod Hull, everyone, Rob Hull, Rod Hull, everyone in Britain knows who I mean. He fell off his roof <laughs> and died. Was he doing a magic trick? He was more a puppeteer. He was a puppeteer. He had a famous puppet who I can't remember now, but it was one of those like crane types of puppets, you know, where it's like a bird and it's like, ha ha. But I went to go and see him. He's very famous. Uh, how did, did he do magic? He did like, he definitely there was some pulling or something on that stage, let me tell you. But I've never been to see a legit magic show. It's not, I think I would be very, like, I think I would get cynical about 10 minutes in. But oh God, remember the, that wave? Because I was a kid when all those, we're going to teach you how the top magicians do it at home. And oh, it like be all the, the, uh, the TV advertisements. There was loads of those shows, and it was great. How the greatest magician, magicians do this. I have to go to the Magic Castle in uh, Hollywood oh, for Ryan to. Keeley's birthday. Yeah, well, I was invited. I can't really avoid doing it, and it's for a birthday party. If it was, if it was just like, hey, do you want to go to the Magic Castle? I'd be like, no. But I missed Ryan Keeley's birthday because I was in New York, and her birthday is like sometime around the beginning of July. I think July 3rd, 2nd or 3rd. So they're doing this like belated thing where we're like, they got like a, a room at the hotel, which means if you get a room at the, at the Magic Castle Hotel, then you get access to the actual Magic Castle. Yeah, that's like a, a Los Angeles hack. And also, D, like um, you need to get more of like the millennial in you because it doesn't matter to me what it is, who it is, who is asking, what they are demanding of me. If I don't want to do it, I'm saying no. No, I want to spend Ryan Keeley's birthday. It's going to be fun hanging out with her. It's just I wish it wasn't at the Magic Castle. I just, well, I'm not a fan of that place, no. even though people in L.A. fucking have such a boner over that fucking place. Is the food good there? That's all I want to know. I, want, I just want you to report back on the food, because if the food is fucking amazing, I'll get why people go there. The only reason I know Magic Castle, aside from like a couple of movies, is because of love. You know, the Judd Apatow uh, miniseries he did. He did like a two season. Did they go to Magic I Castle? Started... 
yeah, they go, they go on a date to the magic castle and then he has to take off his jacket because she's in like a really hot, slinky, like metallic dress and she gets cold and then they get kicked out because he's breaking. You'll have to wear a jacket. You have to get dressed the, up. You have to you wear, can't a just wear a cowboy shirt. Not just a yeah. jacket. You got to wear a suit and women have to wear like, well, women can wear like a sexy, you know, evening dress. Are you wearing your Sammy Davis suit? No, because it's too big. I, I'd probably, if I, you know, if that was fitted, I should get that fitted actually. I have a great Sammy Davis polyester suit from the 70s that I got in Flint, Michigan, which I, you know, someone cool wore that back in the day. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I'll probably just wear like a, I just have a regular black suit, which I, I haven't had to wear. I haven't had to wear a suit out in a while. And I'm annoyed that you have to wear it at the Magic Castle. But I think that's one way they keep the riffraff out. Because then you'd, it, you know, yeah. then you'd have all these tourists. The way you get into that place, because it is, it is exclusive. It's a private magic club. So either you're a member or you know a member. And so you're invited by that member or you stay at the, uh, the hotel. So yeah. what, what's happening here is Ryan Keeley's friends, a bunch of porn stars, they, they like got a hotel room there. And so we're going to be partying in the hotel room and then we're going to go for dinner at the Magic Castle. Because I think you have to... I think you have to do dinner. And I've done dinner once once before, and it's very expensive. It's totally overpriced. But the food's pretty good. It wasn't bad. Um, I don't remember it being amazing, but I don't remember it being awful either. I just remember being like, looking at the bill like, Oi! The food is awful here in such small portions. Yeah, I mean, it, you, well, it's expensive because you're, you know, it's a club. And it's, you know, this, this private club. But the thing I fucking hate about it is I hate magic. I fucking hate magic. I don't mind, like, if it was real magic, maybe, like, like wizard well, shit, like that kind of magic, like you see in Lord of the Rings, I, I guess I'd be down with that, even though it doesn't exist. But the magic that you see at the Magic Castle with the dudes fucking with rings and cards and all that shit, I fucking hate it. I must admit, as, like, I do love a good card trick. Like, if somebody comes, I don't mean, like, a pick a card, any card. I just, like, I like something new. Remember, like, David Blaine when he was just all across the telly? Yeah, well, he would And he's like, oh, I'm going to be in a glass in a glass case of emotion suspended above New York Times Square for two weeks, naked. This is my magic. I was like, that was a revolutionary time for magic. Yeah, but I think that's kind of lame, too, because it's like, oh, who gives a shit? You know, I want to si- see a naked man in a box for two weeks, not piss or shit, and then still survive. That it's kind of like Houdini. How you doing it, mate? What's I going on? It's like it's nearly performance art at that point. Maybe I'm not really impressed. I just don't like magic. I don't mind the mentalists. Sometimes you can see the mental magicians, and sometimes they can be kind of impressive. But I'd say, for the most part, I'm oh. just bored. And then you're paying like twenty five bucks for a cocktail there. It's it's expensive, it is, but it's a night out in the town, whatever. But this is what I do want to find out, which I didn't know. I was doing a little digging. I had no idea that they had a huge sex scandal. Like they got me too. The Magic Castle was me too. That so, doesn't surprise me at all. Magicians, like, there's something kind of nancy about a magician. I've always a thought magician. that too. A magician. I've always thought magicians are kind of nancy, but apparently there was a big scandal. And during COVID, when they shut down, people thought the Magic Castle was going to go under. And they did. They, and until some video game like billionaire guy uh, ended up buying Loves it. it. And so now they've had to like make all these updates to accommodate you know, uh, people so that they feel safe. 
inside the Magic Castle. So I haven't been there in like four or five years. So I haven't been there since they've made these changes. But for example, there is an open secret among the club's roughly 4,000 members. I guess all the magicians, all the nonces knew this. The central staircase's slanted railing afforded men at the ground floor an intimate view of women as they ascended the steps. So <laughs> That to me is not really me too. That's like John Candy and Big chucking coins on the floor so he could look, look up girls' skirts. I mean, that's, I don't know, that, I, that doesn't bother me. Look up my skirt. If I'm wearing a short skirt, my I add, and I go upstairs, I kind of know that opportunists will take a chance. It doesn't bother me. Are you gonna, I'm wearing are you, a short skirt. Are you wearing panties? That's the question. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> well, apparently they uh, retrofitted the staircase or renovated it, so now it's no longer slatted. So, you know, cock-blocked. You're cock-blocked. You're not going to see anything anymore. Um, and I guess the there banisters. was like, in 2020, an array of claims about bad behavior at the castle. A magician, one magician said people joked about the prime seats in the front where they could just ogle women's titties. Then all the magicians used to be like, oh yeah, the prime seats. And I guess there was sexual misconduct, allegations of racism, and other issues at uh, the Magic Castle amongst the, the employees as well as the magicians. But is that not just any fucking workplace is like that? I mean, me and the crew back in my old job, we, we did all those things. Well, I think that the difference here, though, is that you're paying to be a member of this club. And so they thought it was this like exclusive club that was like, you know, accepting of everyone. And there's no discrimination. No. And there's no sexism. It's like anybody could be a magician. But apparently that's I'm not the case. I bet there's a lot of old Errol Flynn magicians who quit the club once like things started changing. And I'm kind of with them. I'm like, when was it wrong to look at titties? Yes, discrimination and racism is bad. Let's end that. But why can't we look at titties? Well, I want to see some titties. If you're going to be wearing a low-cut dress, I want to see them. I don't even want to be a member in the first place. So I'm cool with, with, with what's going on there. So apparently last year, uh, the Academy of uh, the, I think they called the Academy as the, Magicians. Is the, the Academy of Magicians, whoever runs the place, uh, settled a lawsuit by a former waitress at the club's restaurant who said she was like repeatedly sexually assaulted by a busboy and then fired for reporting it. Oh, see, that's bad. Yeah. That's bad. And then there was another lawsuit from another female employee who, who alleged workplace harassment as well as sexual assault and wrongful termination. So I think there, there definitely oh. was some scandalous shit going on at this place. It's and this I do kitchen, remember. Yeah. Um, and I remember asking people about it because I had been there after this happened. February 25th, 2017, Daryl Easton, a magician who's renowned for card tricks. He was an older guy. He was like 61. Was found dead hanging in a closet in the Magic Castle. Some people oh. ruled his death a suicide. But, I mean, the guy was wearing only his underwear with a bag over his head. Hanging in a closet. What do you think oh, that's was happening? Sexy. That's that's either a weird wank death, which I always approve of, and they they don't happen enough for me. Or yeah, there's some I don't know. There's a BDSM chick out there who might have murdered him. What's that old 1950s actor who went out that way? The Todd. Uh, who Caradine? Like him. 
No. David Carradine did. I'll think of it in a minute. It's early Michael in the Hutchins. morning for me. I can't remember shit. But yeah, I remember when that happened. I was asking everybody about it. I was like, where's the closet? Which closet? Can I like get in there and take a picture? And people were like, you know, that's in, that's poor form. You know, that's in bad taste. It was just like, okay. I feel like I'm, showing me the fucking closet. I'm like, is he haunting the place right now? Well, apparently the, the uh, Academy brought a new management. They got a new general manager, this French guy, who, um, who's, I, I guess, completely uh, uh, upending the place, changing all the staff, changing the management, changing the way things are run there. Uh, the buyer... I agree was, with that. The, the guy who bought the castle uh, is a video game mogul named Randy Pitchford. And I, I guess he's not a magician, but he's uh, obsessed with magicians. You know, Neil Patrick Harris used to be the president of the, the Magic Castle for a long time. He's, uh, the, by the way, the old Hollywood actor I'm thinking of was William Desmond Taylor. But Neil Patrick Harris is kind of Nazi. He's a bit Nazi. I mean, I, I saw him there actually one time when I went there. He, he didn't do any magic. He's a magician, but uh, he didn't do tricks. He was just kind of walking around. Johnny Carson was the president there. So it was Cary Grant. Also kind of nonsense. Cary Grant was a member as well. I will forgive Cary Grant anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, the staff has been overhauled. Leadership style is, uh, has, has been changed. The, now they only have a staff of, uh, they laid off, I guess, during COVID, they laid off 193 people. And it was closed for Holy like two shit. years. And now they've hired back How people. How big is the castle? It's pretty huge. It's huge. It's massive. How it's many a massive bedrooms is it? Piece. It's like an old Gothic mansion. Yeah, I've seen pictures, but you just don't think it's got that many bedrooms to have nearly a staff of two hundred. Well, you get a whole hotel, and then you get the whole castle. It's it's actually really that's large. what I mean. Like with a big crazy. restaurant, it's two thousand dollars to become a magician member there, which is crazy. And that used to be a thousand dollars, but now it's twenty five hundred dollars. Actually, yeah, twenty five hundred. Um, local non-magician members have to pay six thousand dollar in initiation fee, and then two twenty-five a month. What? So, that's crazy. Yeah, that's if you're that's not, more than the Satanic Church. That's if you're not a member, and, the, and if you're a non-magician, that's just to hang out there because you think the place is cool. I know a couple people that uh, tend to do that. Um, so anyway, I'm going to go there on Thursday, and I think I'm going to suggest. An idea here to Hervé Levy here, the new uh, general manager of the Magic Castle. I think they need to use technology to keep those pervy magicians in line. They're all nonces, right. and I think they, use, they need to use tech to keep them in line. Management should make a magician accountability app. They should all have to install this <laughs> on their phone as well as get an implant in their testicles. So what, the way it works is every time they ogle a woman's tits on stage, zap. Every time they make a corny sexist joke during their routine, zap. Every time they accidentally drop a card on the floor so they can look up a woman's skirt using their magic Apple watch, zap that fucker. Zap. That's what I say. But then you'll get all the horny musicians. Uh, I've got to stop saying musicians. All the horny magicians who like Harrison. Be feel into like it. Suddenly, yeah, suddenly I'm gonna learn apps. some card tricks. <laughs> no, you Zap. know I think they'll learn. It's like a, you know, it's like those collars for dogs. But anyway, that's my segue. We're gonna get into this week. Um, we're gonna talk about anti-porn accountability apps. These, these things do exist. A lot of people don't know about these. I had read about it a while ago, 
And then I kind of forgot about this topic. And then I was uh, looking at my desktop and I found, found a screenshot of an app called Covenant Eyes. And I started looking into it, went down a total rabbit hole, looking into this shameware. So evangelical pastors throughout this country are using this invasive phone monitoring tech to discourage sinful behavior. Sinful behavior means watching porn or even going to like a gay website. In fact, you'll get dinged with Covenant Eyes if you even search for the word lesbian. It's, I was going to say, going on Facebook is pretty gay. <laughs> so is that not going to ping up too? It's insane that they could use tech to monitor people's behavior and that it's acceptable. Yeah. We're going to get into that. But first, let's chat about something much more shameful than pornography. The oh, sick and wrong patron. It is, it is for shame, you people that go on there every, every week. But if you like what we do and what we've been doing for 900 episodes, actually more than 900 now, uh, we ask you to sign up for the Sigma on Patreon and help us support the show. Now more than ever, because Kate's moving here. Costs, costs are definitely rising up, and uh, we could really use your help. So if uh, you've been thinking about joining the patron, now's a great time. For only a few bucks a month, you get access to the Sigma Wrong sh- second show. Um, we do a full second show every week. Uh, this week, actually, we have a special guest. Big Titty Goth Detective is uh, hosting the show with Kate because uh, I'm going to be going up to the Bay Area. Uh, do you have a uh, a theme in mind for the show, Kate Rambo? Yeah, we're going to kind of do like, um, well, she's a Leo and it's obviously Leo season. So we're going to do serial killer Leo ladies. But also it'll be just after the day the movers have come for me. So let's see if I can hold it together. I might just be a drunken mess for it. Just sitting in an empty house. Yeah, More it's already sad. Yeah. All my bits are disappearing. Do you don't understand? All my bits and pieces are going. All my little dogs. Oh, they, when I put my dog away the other day, I had like my heart was beating fast. I was like, I'll see you on the other side, buddies. The whole. I nearly just kept them out, and I was like, I'll put them in my suitcase. I was like, No, I gotta get let go. <laughs> the horde is slowly being dismantled. Well, anyway, always look forward to having the big titty goth detective on the show. That's only yeah, five bucks awesome. a month. You get access to the Sick and Wrong patron as well as the uh, access to the Sick and Wrong Discord. Um, I think you could uh, make some really close friends, close friends on that site. Yeah. Close friends that, uh, that, that will nurture your porn viewing habits. I'm speaking to Stuart Wasky right now. <laughs> you can also subscribe to the second show on Apple Podcasts. In fact, that's a little easier because you don't even have to sign up for, for Patreon. You just go to the Apple Podcasts, which you already have on your phone, and just subscribe. And for a few dollars more, you get access to the Sick and Wrong Overkill, which is our bonus minisode, as well as the archives. First 10 years on SoundCloud playlists all on the Patreon, patreon.com slash sickandwrong. And don't forget, people, uh, we are doing a meetup August 19th in London uh, at the World's End. In uh, Camden Town, right? Isn't Camden World's End? Yeah, it's in Camden. Seven-ish slash eight-ish because D is never on time for anything. So we'll be we'll be there. Yeah, I'll probably be a little late, but fashionably. So if you're in the London area, then uh, definitely come hang out. We're gonna get really drunk. You know, we're we're one of those uh, one of those shows. Like you get a lot of podcasts that go do tours and they charge ticket prices and they do a whole show. We don't do that. We just get really fucking drunk with our audience. And, the, and, you know, take yeah, embarrassing photos. Yeah, so come to the pub yeah. and hang out. <laughs> yeah, Warren. 
<laughs> Patreon.com slash sick and wrong. Um, sign up today. Let me play this quick promo and then let's chat about how Jesus can help you quit watching porn with the help of invasive technology. Hey, sick and wrong listeners. If you're not currently a sick and wrong patron, you might be missing out on special moments like this one. So before you've actually penetrated her with your Johnson, you're going to just rub the tip, the head, the glands of your shaft around her outer labia and over her clitoris. And you're just gonna tease her by saying things like, oh, I don't even know if I should even put it in today. I don't even know if you just, I don't even know if you deserve <laughs> Put it in today? Like what, I'm a today. fucking microwave. Just teasing up like that and then. Wait, 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 wait. So you're supposed to rub your dick up and down her pussy and on her club be like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna put this in. I don't know. Today. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe if yeah. you play your cards right, Missy, you might get this <laughs> cock inside of you, okay? But for now, I'm just going to rub it on the outside. All right? Oh, my God. This guy. <laughs> How annoyed would wow. you be? I'd just be like, put it in today. I'd be like, oh, well, give me, shoot me an email when you're ready to put it in. <laughs> for only $5 a month, you can enjoy these special moments. A bonus news story, extra phone calls, and an hour's worth of outtakes every week at patreon.com slash sickandwrong. Sign up today. Support the show. And keep it sick and wrong. Don't you ever so, Kate Rambo, Christians are embracing new tech, namely accountability software to protect one's mind from the evils of pornography. Uh, that software has recently come under fire. There's been a lot of articles the past couple of years written about it, and they label it shameware. Now, shameware, that's not the official name, they like to call it accountability apps. But, you know, and that's the thing with accountability apps. There are accountability apps, uh, you know, like uh, fitness apps. And uh, there's, there's yes. tracking apps and calendar apps and things like that. But these are a particular type of accountability app where they use software that shame a person into getting rid of an addiction. Usually an addiction to porn, but oftentimes, at least in the, through the churches, it's uh, people who are homosexuals that are ashamed of their sexuality. Uh, shameware apps can be disguised as a pa- accountability apps or parent control apps, like NetNanny and things like that. The main objective of these applications, like Covenant Eyes or Accountable to You, those are the two big ones, is to provide what they call freedom through transparency. Now, these apps make a lot of money, which is, I mean, I was at go. first surprised because I had never heard of Covenant Eyes or Accountable to You. I mean, it's the first time I'd ever really, once I started researching it, that's the first time I'd ever really heard of these. But, you know, they're marketed to churches and parents, and they use this to police your online activity, and they charge you a monthly fee. I mean, they make millions of dollars, you know, a month. They sound like Sabbath songs. like Covenant, Covenant Eyes. Eye. It's like a Christian rock band. Some of these apps, though, monitor everything their users do and see on your iPad or on your iPhone, even taking screenshots. So Covenant Eyes takes one screenshot per minute of everything that you look at on your phone. Fuck. Yeah, it's crazy. As well as like they eavesdrop on your web traffic. And then they report a feed of all of your online activity to your accountability partner, who's usually a pastor at your church. 
So this is funny. They, uh, the, mag- the article I read about this is uh, from Wired, but there's a Engadget and a bunch of other sites um, also cover this topic. But they, they point to a church called Grace Point, which is this Baptist church in Oakland, which I would say is more of a cult than a church, but come on, all religions are pretty much cults. But anyway, this former member of Grace Point said, I wouldn't call it spyware. You know, she was asked to use covenant eyes and she spoke to, you know, under anonymity, but she said it's more like shameware and it's just another way the church can control you and your actions. And that's what it's all about, really. So like Net Nanny or Bark, which I'm not really familiar with, that's surveillance software, Uh, but they use those to monitor children at home and school. And that's the thing, like, I understand, like, Thankfully, I, w- I didn't grow up in the age of the internet, so I never had to deal with that stuff. But I mean, a lot of parents did. A lot of parents would never allow their kids to watch cable TV. Like my, the rabbi and my mom, they, they never gave a shit. I mean, I was watching Friday Same. the 13th when I was like six. You know, yeah, it wasn't a big so deal. We were too. But I can understand net nanny and why parents would use that to at least like block certain sites from your kids until they reach a certain age. <laughs> As I said, there is no more pure joy than just going on the internet for the first time and just typing in the words murder into Google and just looking at all the great pictures. That That's basically what happened to me. Like, it was a pivotal moment in my life, seeing those images of, like, the Black Dahlia for the first time. And I was like, Yeah, but how old fuck? were you? Were you six? I would have been, no, like, 15. But, I'd, yeah. I mean, when I was six or 70, you got to think, I we had... We, my dad had like a huge like book about Adolf Hitler. There was loads of like World War II stuff. So we could look through that and look at like pictures of the Holocaust. He he had like over a hundred issues of National Geographic if we wanted to look at titties on like tribes women. And we did. So all that's changed now is, is it's much more accessible in a way. But I don't think it's going to harm kids it's not going to harm kids in the same way it didn't harm me growing up looking at pictures of the holocaust when i was six well i think it's a little bit different i mean you could you know holocaust books and books about the holocaust are historical and my my dad had a whole you know bookshelf full of it and i read all those books too when i was a kid because i was really interested he also my parents also had the 70s sex books like joy of sex which had like the really? illustrations yeah, so I would I would read through that. But I mean, that's kind of wholesome compared to like going on Pornhub and seeing like midget transsexual porn. Like if I was six or seven, I think I would be confused by that. And maybe I'm a little too young. to ch- Now, 15, I think you'd be fine. 12, I think you'd be fine. But I think at the age of like my formative years, when I was like six or seven, I think I would definitely would have been like, I'm confused at what I'm Mommy, looking at here. Mommy, what's a midget? <laughs> no, so I can understand nanny? why, you know, parents would use like a, a net nanny to monitor their kids online yeah. activity. But shameware apps, you know, are a little bit lesser known tools that churches use and parents that are like obsessive parents that are obviously religious. They use it to monitor their their children's viewing habits that they deem unhealthy or immoral. And porn is a moral failure in their eyes. Any kind of porn. Like, there's no healthy porn that you could look at. So I was looking into Covenant Eyes, and it was developed by a former NSA mathematician who's a data scientist for the company. So he's the main developer of Covenant Eyes. The guy's named Michael Holm. And so the system is allegedly, 
capable, I've never actually downloaded and checked it out, but it's able to distinguish between pornographic and non-pornographic images. So even if someone's in a bathing suit, they can say, okay, that's non-pornographic. But if, it's, if there's titties out, then it will flag that. Well, this doesn't work, does it? Bots like this don't work because I lost my whole Facebook account because of one picture of JonBenet Ramsey that was in no way whatsoever sexual. So yeah, but I would she was naked. to argue with a pastor over what's sexual. She was not naked. She was naked. And you can't post naked pictures of children. I've told you I don't know how many times. <laughs> she was just, it was just a meme. Can you imagine that? Explaining that to your pastor. He's like, why are you looking at John Benet Ramsey? But Instagram and TikTok have to use similar software. Oh, they do. They're very harsh. Well, how many times have we been shadow banned? This is like, I think, our third shadow ban going on right now. I mean, I tell you what, TikTok is way faster about meeting the rules than Instagram. And TikTok is oh like, this does not suit audiences under 18 years old. You are banned. We delete. They're very <laughs> strict on on TikTok. So Holm, the uh, developer here, said image-based pornography detection was a huge conceptual change for Covenant Eyes. While I didn't know it at the time... God had put me in place at that time for a purpose higher than myself, just as I and others had desired and prayed for. Oh, my God. People talk like this <laughs> Psychopath. in 2023. Yeah. I love how Covenant Eyes spokesperson said to Wired, uh, this guy named Dan Armstrong said, the company is very concerned about people being monitored without proper consent. Sure. I'm sure, you're, I'm sure the parents are asking for their kids' consent when they install your a cursed app on their phone. But I mean, they, they claim that they discourage using the app in a relationship with a power imbalance. Really? Isn't it all a power imbalance if you're in the church? But isn't that the relationship between a priest and the uh, congregants? Yeah. Exactly. Especially children? Because nobody's who's monitoring the priest. That's a good question. So the top apps are Covenant Eyes, Accountable to You, and ever accountable. But Covenant Eyes is definitely the biggest player on the scene here. Um, they also have a conference every year attended by thousands of people who are dedicated to quitting pornography. I really think we should probably go to one of these conventions with Ryan Keeley. <laughs> it would just be amazing to people watch their conference. I think we could amazing. film a doc. All those, all those wankers, yeah, and ask them what they get <laughs> off on. Watch your site. What's your buzzwords on that site? So according to uh, app analytics firm App Figures, in the past year, more than 50,000 people have downloaded Covenant Eyes and that the uh, company has an annual revenue of $46 million. Fuck, I'm in the wrong business. That's crazy. Yeah. So they interviewed this pastor from Grace Point Church, a guy named Ed Kang. Um, and he said that uh, all volunteer staff members at Grace Point are required to install Covenant Eyes as part of their staff agreement. But he says that, you know, the church leaders aren't the ones, you know, who are monitoring the congregants' phone activities. Like, it's not the church leaders. We discourage the leaders from being accountability partners as it seems a bit too heavy. You know, I find it pretty rich that Grace Point Church would require their members to install accountability software considering that they're a part of the Southern Baptist Convention. Have you ever heard that term, K. Rambo? 
No, but just from my little dilly dalliances into the Baptist church this year, uh, in some of the epi past episodes we've done, they're corrupt as fuck. Out of all probably the all the churches in all the world, the Baptists are the shadiest of well, everyone. I mean, I don't think the SBC probably has churches in England. I mean, they definitely have evangelical churches there, but I'm not sure if they'd be part of the, the actual SBC. Maybe. I don't. I don't think Baptist is a thing here at all. Uh, maybe in London or Manchester, there might be a couple of churches, but I've never met a Baptist. And I, w I think it would just be... Like, this country is like 50% atheist now. So, I mean, religion is on the outs here. Good. So maybe, maybe baptism will come over. Well, the Southern Baptist Convention, also called the Great Commission Baptist, is a Christian denomination based in the United States. But I imagine they're, they probably have... You know, reach other parts of the world. Uh, but it's the world's largest Baptist denomination, the largest Protestant um, denomination in the United States. So they, they started around 1845, and they, were, they completely advocated slavery in the U.S. Like yeah. During the 19th and most of the 20th century, they played a central role in Southern racial attitudes. They supported racial segregation. Uh, they also supported the lost cause of the Confederacy after the Civil War. Um, <laughs> the Southern pastors that were part of the SBC interpreted the Bible as supporting slavery. And they encouraged um, you know, paternalistic practices by slaveholders. So white people were preordained by God to own black people. That's, that's yeah. your God-given right. It says so in the Bible. Where? I'm not quite sure, but somewhere in there. Um, they preached to slaves to accept their places and obey their masters. Though they did welcome uh, free slaves as members, though whites controlled the church's uh, leadership, so, and the seating was segregated. They had to sit in the back. But they were allowed to attend. Yeah, and don't forget that their attitudes towards slavery are exactly the same attitudes towards women as well. Women oh, yeah. who were very much underclass citizens. Even uh, up until like, I think like 10 years ago, maybe eh, maybe 20 years ago, women weren't allowed to be ordained ministers in, in the SBC. In fact, uh, Jimmy Carter was a member, was a Baptist, and he quit. He ended up, I think, I forget what he converted to, but because they wouldn't ordain women as uh, ministers or pastors. Okay. Um, so the churches within the SBC are, 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 all of them are evangelical in doctrine and practice. So they emphasize the significance of the individual conversion experience, which means you have to be fully baptized. You got to be dunked in water um, and you have to be baptized in order to be a member. Um, but recently, I would say like in the past five years, uh, there's a huge expose that, that, uh, exposed a sexual abuse problem that had been happening in the Southern Baptist Convention for <laughs> decades. I mean, you you're talking like 60 say. years. Yeah, not surprising. I mean, considering the Catholic Church. But there is a major investigation by the Houston Chronicle and the San Antonio Express News published in 2019 about the decades of history of sexual abuse in the Southern Baptist Convention, detailing like decades of gaslighting and cover-ups and moving you know, pedophiles to different churches and denying their crimes. In fact, they had a, like a database of all the different clergy that they supported financially um, that, were, that were pedophiles, that were accused yeah, of pedophilia. 
Yeah, that they moved around so that they and they covered up the abuses. So it's weird. Like the SPC is like a loosely affiliated member, um, loosely affiliation of churches. So you have like, you know, churches like Grace Point, you know, that are part of it. But then you have all the Southern Baptist churches, you know, in Kansas that are a part of it. But they have, you know, around 15 million members currently. But there's no central hierarchy. There's no like Vatican for the SBC. And in theory, individual churches can preach or believe whatever they want. But the larger convention can remove member churches that don't follow the status quo. So, you know, it sounds like the Catholic Church, because they covered up their own priests, you know, that they knew were abusing children. But it's a little bit different with the SBC because the SBC being that they were loosely affiliated, I think they got they kind of like slid by being unnoticed for a longer time than the Catholic Church. Because when the Catholic Church was exposed, was it, well, I forget that movie with Ben Affleck, but was that like the, like in the 80s, early 80s? Oh my God. Oh, you're talking about sleepers. Yeah, was that when, was, was that the movie about when the Catholic Church was completely exposed for pedophilia? Oh God, there's been loads. I think it's just always been known that the priest, it's always just been like, it's a stereotypical joke that the priest is a sec- sex pest and is, is going to come, come for you. Is Nancy, yeah. It's just a well-expected thing. But I suppose Baptist, because it's a new religion and it only exists in America, is a different type of thing. And that's probably why it's... Yeah, people can get away with it. But I think it was a scandal because the Catholic Church had been covering it up for decades and they knew that priests were abusing children. And I think it came to light after like the Boston Globe did a a big piece on it. But I think that was like in the 90s or something like that. Maybe the 80s. I'm I'm thinking of the movie Sleepers with Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Or was that about a little boys school? There was like a little, I think there was a little boys school. But I think it was, no, was it? I don't know if it was religious. I think it was a Catholic school. I think it was a Catholic school. So now the evangelical church, their whole thing is they want charismatic guys as leaders. I mean, you look at these guys that are like the leaders of these mega churches. You know, they're all kind of good looking dudes. And, you know, they and they're good. they're, They're good orators and they're charismatic. But that's the thing. These churches want powerful, popular leaders. And if you go against these leaders... That they will exploit you, they will shame you, they will shun you, and you'll be be completely discredited. And that's kind of what they do. I mean, that's they're authoritarian. It's authoritarian Christianity. I mean, that's the thing. It's a central doctrine, I think, of Christianity, but organized religion in general. The more control that a group leader demands over the group and its members, gradually the abuse will become worse. And I think that's just the way it works with anyone in a position of power. Yeah, I mean, I'm just mainly thinking of Jonestown here, but when when they went away to Guyana, that's when they would start putting kids in boxes under the ground and putting snakes around people's necks and, you know, drugging you with Thorazine to the point where you become a zombie. They weren't doing that when they were in San Francisco. They weren't doing that when they were in L.A. But it was when they were completely enclosed from the rest of the world. But it all started being abusive. This is all just like, Jonestown was like 1970s, nothing's changed. But that's the thing, it's just the, you're in a position of authority, and it's, when you're exercising that kind of control, it's really easy to turn into abuse. Now, the thing is with the evangelical churches, they kind of have this, 
gender essentialism between men and women. So men are seen as naturally lustful. That's part of our character. We're testosterone-driven, and sex is something we need to have. And women are seen as these pure, innocent creatures, but you're in charge of protecting your purity. So if your purity is compromised, it's not my fault. I'm lust-driven. It's your fault. Oh, Your Honor, she was wearing a short skirt, Your Honor. It was dark at night, Your Honor. What year is this? That's the attitude, and that's what they, that's kind of what they proselytize in these churches. So when a case of sexual misconduct surfaces, typically the women are going to be blamed. And the question that's often asked is, why did you seduce him? What were you wearing? (laughs) Were you tempted by Satan? I mean, look at the story of Adam and Eve. You know, and it's. That apple was fucking delicious, and I would have done it as well. We all would do it. Fuck the Garden of Eden. I want the apple. This belief system, though, that they endorse and that they propagate, say that, you know, men have a hard time controlling their needs if they're not being met. So we have to find an outlet. And that's our God, you know, that's our biology. That's how God made us. So it's the women's fault. Wow. Because, or the, or the wife's fault for not giving it up on a regular basis and satisfying our needs. And that's why I Satan just... took over. And we what gave into lust. This? So what's interesting about these evangelical leaders, not only they demand money, you know, from their uh, followers, but they demand excessive control. And so in healthy groups, and that's the thing, obviously I'm generalizing here, but I would say if I had to, if I had to make a wager, I would say most of these evangelical churches are shady and morally bankrupt. Um, but, you know, superficially, they look like a pure and innocent religious institution. But right. in healthy congregations, members can probably push back on certain demands of their leaders. But in unhealthy ones, leaders consolidate their power and then they have enablers, abusive enablers and sycophants. And that's what happens. And as these mega churches grow, they just cling to their power and they will hold their power no matter what. So that's why, like, if, um, if you speak out and you accuse one of these ministers of abuse, they're probably not going to believe you. And your parents are probably not going to believe you because it's your word against that pastor who's a man of God. And so I was reading a story here where this girl um, was raped by a pastor. And so what, they, what the church did is they, they shamed her. They shamed her into pretty much into silence. They forced her to apologize to the entire congregation for being wow. lustful. Yeah, her name was Tina Anderson. Um, she was only 15 when she was forced to stand bef- before the entire Baptist congregation to confess her sin that she had become pregnant. What she didn't, what she didn't say, what she wasn't allowed to say was that the pregnancy was, was a result of being raped by a church deacon, a man over two times her age. So a man in his Shit. 30s raped this, this teenager. Yeah, and got her pregnant. Yeah. And so she, um, she said her New Hampshire pastor, a man by the name of Chuck Phelps, told her she was lucky not to have been born during the Old Testament times when she would have been stoned to death for being a harlot. 15 years old. <laughs> wow. It's like, it's, these are the people we put on the boat 
and shipped yeah. over. It reminds me of like, a, again, to bring up Jonestown. So Deborah Layton was the woman who defected from Jonestown and like was the first person to get Leo Ryan. Uh, that's how Leo Ryan ends up getting involved in Jonestown. But I mean, she was raped by Jim Jones and no one believed her. And she, she couldn't say fuck all about it. And she lived in fear of her life after she defected too. Well, you don't understand thing. like the hold these people have on you. I mean, it's easy for us to be like, I would have gone in there with a gun and shot up everyone. It's like, it's not that simple, is it's, it? It's all like, about control. They get into your mind, yeah. So when the church officials here were questioning Tina and crafting the speech that she would have to deliver to the entire congregation about why she was pregnant, um, the uh, minister's wife, Phelps' wife said, did you enjoy it? A 15-year-old girl. Yeah, this is puritanical stuff. This is from like 200, 300 years ago. It's kind of crazy. And also, you wouldn't expect this from New Hampshire. You always forget about New Hampshire tucked all the way down there, like just with 10 people living there. But maybe this is what New Hampshire's like. If you live in New Hampshire, let me know. For years, she never said anything about the abuse because she was told not to talk about it. But then uh, she finally spoke up about it, and the man was charged with rape, the deacon that raped her. Was charged with rape. Good for her. And, uh, yeah. Um, but that's the thing. Like, you know, if these accusations get out, they would be vicious in the, in the ways they would retaliate against you. I mean, they would cause financial harm to the families. They would destroy their, your reputation. They would call you a slut. And then finally, they would just shun you. You'd, be, you'd have to be, you'd leave the church completely. And leave town, leave yeah. state. And maybe, you know, maybe the pastor will plan a mass murder to get well, revenge. Well, I don't know if they go that far, but that's the thing. They don't want to lose control. And so if the abuse did get out and they found that that this minister was a pedophile and people started knowing about it, well, they'd just shuffle him off to another church and he'd be gone out of sight, out of mind. So, you know, it's it's, it's not happening. But as of uh, 2018, their membership fell below 15 million for the first time since 1989. That's the lowest level in 30 years. And so some SBC researchers have said that the uh, denomination is in decline. And the president himself said that if the current conditions continue, half of the convention's churches will probably close their doors by 2030. We can only dream. I hope so. I hope that happens. But that is what's happening definitely in, in, in England, definitely happening in Europe. But, you know, major denominations are continuing to decline. But what's weird is that there's a widening gap between Americans' religious affiliations and those of their elected leaders in Congress. So 88% of legislators, that's House and the Senate, identify as Christians, compared to 62% of the U.S. And just one of Congress's 534 members is unaffiliated, compared to 29% in this country. We're not being represented by these people who are making laws in our land. And... And guess who? Guess who? And you're not going to be surprised who's one of the 57 Baptists in the House and the 10 who? in the Senate. Good old Lindsey Graham, the biggest oh, hypocrite please. of them all. Ted Cruz please. is a Southern Baptist. Mitch McConnell. Wait, yeah. while we're here, please do your Lindsey Graham impression. I can't. It's not in me right now. But what? I'm not surprised that he would be a Southern Baptist. Because he well, falls yeah, right into that, that culture of preserving power at any cost and being a complete And he's 100%. Fan. 
Yeah, and he's oh. 100% Nancy. Well, he's 100% gay. He's so yeah, closeted, he's that guy. Yet, at the yeah, same time, he, he willingly passes legislation that takes away the rights of homosexuals. Just a complete another hypocrite. So now getting back well, to these apps. Hypocritical. Covenant yeah. Eyes and Accountable to You and Ever Accountable. They have a zero tolerance approach to porn. Like watching porn is a moral failure. And any amount of porn consumption is bad for your health. It gets bad for brain development, according to their pseudoscience. So if you go to covenanteyes.com, their website's hilarious. It shows two dudes just kind of sitting there at a table. Sucking each other off. Struggling to quit watching porn? You're not alone. 1.5 million people have joined Covenant Eyes, and they have this amazing video that I recommend everyone watch. It's like they try to make it hip, as if it's like, I don't know, like a DC action movie or a Marvel action movie. Let me play the first part of it. Every superhero has strengths and weaknesses. Scorch Man. Strength, fire. Weakness, fire extinguishers. Cat Man. Strength, always lands on his feet. Weakness, laser pointers. Hamster Man. Strength, he's in a giant hamster ball. Weakness, he's in a giant hamster ball. And there's me. Colossal Man. Superpower. Strength. My weakness? Porn. Bet you didn't see that one coming. No one ever does. This is my. <laughs> so they kind of make it like this guy um, is like uh, like Ben Affleck or uh, Paul Rudd. And he tries to make it like this superhero and it's hip. But hey, we all have problems with porn. It's not just you. You're not weird. We all struggle with this addiction. So let's break the cycle and that's what they have on their uh, their site and you can go here where it says why am i here i'm a man who wants to quit porn i'm a woman who wants to quit porn there's not many of those you don't really see all the testimonials i haven't seen a single a single woman making the testimonial unless it's a mother there, there are parents they do it but yes. i haven't seen any women going on there and then there's i want to help a friend live porn free i want to help my spouse live porn free I want to help my child live porn free. I kind of want to sign up saying I want to help a, a friend live porn free and then just like give him Wackerly's name. I think it'd be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but then you go to the next tab is how it works. Porn is a human problem. So we provide a human solution. It starts with the relationships. With Covenant Eyes, you choose someone you know and trust to walk with you as your ally. So you're supposed to like have somebody, you know, so you Watching. get the Covenant app that tracks your, your online usage and then the Victory app shares your feed to your ally's phone. So they could just monitor everything that you look at. How creepy is that? I'm beginning to think like Dwight Schrute invented this. <laughs> it's just something so creepy. It's creepy. <laughs> well, their solution is promoting purity through radical accountability. That's what it is. Wow. You know, where as it's a community, you come together to confront a person who's living in sin and you change your life. Because why would anyone want to watch porn if you're going to have to talk to your parents or your pastor about it? So it's just, that's how you avoid it. And some people, like some crafty kids, tech savvy ones, can try to install like VPNs 
or or different ways like a you know blockers and things like that or you can like partition your phone so you can actually hide some internet traffic well it has like I don't know. It has like uh, it, it can track those type of applications, and then we'll report that as well that you're tampering with the app. So then, wow. then the parents would even know about it. This feels like something the American government should actually utilize as spy as real spyware. <laughs> uh, you know, they probably should actually. You know who yeah. used um, uh, Covenant Eyes was Josh Duggar. Remember the Duggars? They had like twenty kids. Right, yeah, yeah. They were like a reality, Christian reality thing. Um, yeah. But then he got busted and was sentenced to 12 years, years in prison for downloading um, child porn. Like he had CP. Yeah. So not surprised that he would have covenant eyes installed on his computer. And I, I don't know if that's how he was caught, but he definitely had it because, you know, he was struggling. And I think the court made him you know, install the program on his work computer, his personal computer, and his phone so his wife could check to make sure he wasn't looking at any kind of pornography. But you know what he did? He actually found a workaround. He installed a Linux partition that basically allowed him to use, you know, to hide his internet traffic from the app. But the app reported him. And I bet it wasn't <laughs> even real CP. I bet it was just a picture of JonBenet Ramsey, and then suddenly everything's kicking off. Well, she was naked, much like a podcast she wasn't host naked. who posted that to Facebook. <laughs> she wasn't naked. It's just a little picture of JonBenet Ramsey, and before you know it, apparently it being kicked off Facebook for child porn. Well, at uh, Grace Point, that Southern Baptist church, uh, an app. One of the pastors was alerted from uh, one of his congregants. One of his account. He was the accountability partner to a congregant. And uh, she had been searching for the term atheism. So <gasps> right. he was alerted, had go. to talk to her. Another one uh, was alerted because she had searched K-pop. Which, oh, why? Yeah, well, that's the music of the devil. But what's weird is that they're going through and completely spying on your activity. It's a complete invasion of privacy. I mean, you could argue that it's unethical. It's, it's highly unethical. Well, completely. But yet they're... Taking advantage of this software to control you, to manipulate you, to to make you avoid having critical thought and even question their power. So what's interesting, though, about just pornography addiction in general, a lot of experts are very skeptical about the positive effect of these apps. Um, this woman, Nicole Prouse, who's a scientist at, at uh, uh, UCLA, and she studies the effects of porn on the brain. She says, I've never seen anyone who's been on one of these apps feel better about themselves in the long term. These people just end up feeling like there's something wrong with them, especially you know, when they're teens, when in reality, there really isn't anything wrong with you. I mean, there isn't. So the thing is, Kate Rambo, you look at porn, but you don't really think about why you look at porn. And that's the problem. Yeah, I do. The first step to freedom. I know why I'm looking at porn. The first step to freedom is getting serious about eliminating the sin. You can't defeat the monster of lust while coddling any of its tentacles. Okay? I, I want to cuddle <laughs> Evelyn Clare. <laughs> I, I pulled that right from accountable to you. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? Coddling its tentacles? But I mean, if I yeah, was 12 I mean, and I was reading that, I would be like, what the fuck are you even talking about? 
I'll coddle my tentacle as soon as you get out of my room. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a horrible, like, atmosphere to grow up in, isn't it? It's like an atmosphere of paranoia. It's Orwellian. You're just being watched. It is Orwellian. And and it's a complete overreach and abuse of power, much like what the Southern Baptist churches were doing when they're raping 15-year-olds and then victim-shaming you. And they all get to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they do more than just police pornography. What these apps do is they collect, monitor, and report all behavior. So even your innocent behavior, like this girl just went went on a K-pop site. Like, is that but, wrong? I mean, I'm I'm kind of with the pastor there because it is the uh, the music of the devil. At least well, listen to something good. It's not you know, Christian like rock. Creed, it's not Striper. Some Nickelback. You know, Creed. Um, but Creed is a Christian app- rock band I will listen to. What these applications do, and this is interesting, they exploit Android's accessibility permissions to monitor everything you do on your phone. So I think Apple, iOS, I think also has accessibility functionalities. But what these do is they, they're meant to help developers build out features to help people who are disabled. So they have like accessibility functionality. But what these apps do is they take advantage of these permissions to capture screenshots of everything that you're viewing on your phone. Not because you're disabled, because they're spying on you. Because they're controlling you. Crazy. Yeah. So this journalist who works for Wired contacted uh, Google about Covenant Eyes and Accountable to You and mentioned that they're taking advantage of accessibility functionality. So what Google Play did is they banned them from the store. Which is amazing. I mean, you can still go. Could you not? You can still buy them on Apple, though, the Apple Store. Yeah, I was also thinking if you were a 14, 15 year old, you'd just buy a burner phone, wouldn't you? Well, that's what I would probably do is just buy a burner phone. But I don't know. What if you don't have any money? There's always somebody in our school who's getting rid of like an iPhone 6 or an iPhone 7. I don't think it'd be that difficult. But what if, you know, I mean, that's the thing. Are you going to buy your own internet? You would have to, I guess. You'd just put your pocket money. Whatever yeah, it's money a lot of money, though. But the look, where there's a willy, there's always a way. You, <laughs> you'll find pawn if you, if you seek it. Well, so they found that uh, if you even did a search for gay, you're going to be flagged with the apps. Like, you'll gay. be flagged by the well, app, and your accountability partner will have to talk to you about it. If you do a search for lesbian, you're going to get flagged for that. Yeah. And they'll say that the site was a highly questionable website or a highly questionable search. That's the report that we'll give you. But it's it's just weird them to bring me in murder. But what it's doing is making you conform to what the church wants. You know, it's it's not really it's not really helping you develop as a teen. It's not helping you gain knowledge. It's like. You're not even allowed to read about atheism to even understand what it is because that's not not something you should you should be even thinking about, which is fucked. Yeah, it's fucked. It is. And so, what's even weirder is there's other apps. There's another app called Fortify. Fortify. It's another Christian app that was developed by the founder of an anti-pornography nonprofit called Fight the New Drug. And what that does is it tracks how often an individual masturbates in order to help them overcome sexual compulsion. It's, it's like a fitness of... app. Do you just log it in? Wanked today. Nine, nine o'clock, wanked. 11 a.m., 11 a.m., wanked. It's like a Fitbit, but for wanking. 
Now, my question is, do you get prizes if you reach certain milestones, like 10 times in one day, like spraining your wrist, you get like a, you know, a free Slurpee? Like, I, don't, I don't know how it you works. You are wanking less this month than you did last month. Fortify has been downloaded over 100,000 times on the Google Play Store and has thousands of reviews. I was reading through some of the reviews. They're not like talking about wanking, really. They're just talking about like the functionality of the app and how well it tracks their helps them log their masturbation information. But it's weird though. I mean, it's really detailed. Like they want users to log info about when they last masturbated, where they were when it happened, what device they used. Yeah. And so the, the privacy policy of this company states that they don't sell this data to third parties, but it does allow them to share data with trusted third parties for statistical analysis. And so like this journalist, it's a great article. That this, it's a great article that this Wired um, journalist wrote because, I mean, he really did his research. He called the CEO of Fortify and was asking about, you know, trusted third parties like this company called Mixpanel, which is an analytic service company that provides data to Facebook. Data about 12-year-olds masturbation habits. I mean, that's... Yeah, is that not CP then? More or less. And Facebook's like, oh, yeah, we have no affiliation with that. You, a, a third party should never share sensitive data with a meta-owned company or a meta-owned platform. We don't endorse that. But yet it's happening on your platform. It's very rich of Zuckerberg after what he did to me. It's very rich. <laughs> I'll just say that. But so porn addiction is a real thing. I mean, I know we're making light of it. It is a real thing. Some people suffer from it. I, in fact, enjoy it. But some people do suffer for it, from it, and it's a burden on their mental health. But I don't think the proper way to address this issue is to install a, you know, a, a, an invasive app on your phone, and then you have to go talk to your pastor to justify your porn viewing habits, or at least confess to your porn viewing habits. I think it might be, I don't know, more like advantageous maybe or just, or, or just beneficial for you to talk about this with your spouse or your parents. I don't think it's got anything to do with porn addiction. The, the amount of people who will have a true porn addiction is very, very low. This is just another way that the church can control you from the inside without you even having to question it. It's got nothing to do with your porn habits. It's just so they can monitor you. And but that's, that's the it. thing. It's like, you know, you have your wife who's very religious and she goes to the pastor and asks him about that. And he's like, oh, you should put covenant eyes on your husband's phone and you should be his accountability partner. But I don't think a shame, a shameware app is the answer to this. I think what you should do is have a discussion with your partner. Maybe get a therapist involved and discuss why you're looking at porn. Because I'm sure there's that. a underlying reason. You. I don't think shaming the person is the answer. So I think that's like the fundamental, you know, issue with this app. You got to have like conversation. And in fact, I would go another route with this. Here we go. Okay. I would what? go another route. What? I think what you need is a spankware app. That's what I want to develop. It's a complete, it's the Where antithesis it of shameware. It's called spankware. I think I, I was trying to come up with a good term, maybe a good name for the app, like wank bro or 
baiting. And uh, <laughs> what these apps baiting. would what these apps would do is they're specifically designed to encourage masturbation and the consumption of pornography because it's healthy to consume porn in moderation. And of also, course. especially especially for men and your uh, health of your uh, your like uh, what is it? Your prostate. Your prostate. I nearly said prolapse. <laughs> you gotta milk it, baby. You gotta milk you it. You gotta milk. You gotta milk it every day. It wards off cancer, and for women, it feels fucking good. And you can't ever, and especially for women, you can't ever expect your partner to give you an orgasm before you've given yourself one. Exactly. So you've got to. You got to know how to push your own buttons so that when you're with an inept dude, because they're all inept, you can say. Hey, baby, this is exactly how I like it. And this is what you got to do. And this is how you, you get to know your body. So the way um, my Spankware app would work is you would be my wank bro. That's basically yeah. my accountability partner. And you could keep track of how many times a day I'm wanking, what kind of porn I'm watching, um, what sites I, I go to, maybe the kind of lotion I, I prefer. And then I could, you know... <laughs> Use this Spankware app even for myself. Like I can even use it for myself to keep track of, you know, the type of porn I'm looking at. Maybe I'm like, you know, I'm looking at Pornhub way too much. I need to switch it up. I'm going to try X Hamster for a few weeks or UJiz.com. You know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll mix it up a bit. I need a bit of a variety here. Or it could flag saying, you know, I'll get like a ding saying like, this is the third time today that you've wanked a POV dwarf blowjob vids. Maybe you should try something new like hentai or something. Yeah, calm down. It's a bit much now. It's like, you know, let's add some variety to your, to your wanking. Now, that's a good wank bro. Someone who would suggest something like that. <laughs> I, I personally, I think I would be a great accountability partner for wank bro. I'd be a great wank bro. I think I would be. I'd be like, hey, bro, I see that you haven't wanked in like three days, bro. Like, what's going on, dude? Are you stressed? everything okay you feeling okay you want to grab a white claw and talk about it i mean i i I would i would i would sit down and i would make sure that you're okay because that's weird that a grown man hasn't wanked in over three days and especially a teen if a teen hadn't wanked for like four days i would think something was wrong like mentally i'd be like you're gonna like shoot up a school or something yeah, and they're especially the teens that you've got to be like, look, these are going to be the greatest loads of your life. You need to make sure that you're getting them out there into the world. So when you're older, you can, be, you can look back on those loads with fondness. Those are the halcyon days of masturbation. They really of, are. Of like, those are the days you look back and be like, God, I wish I could wank like that. I mean, that's the thing. I used to wank at least three times a day. If I wasn't wanking three times a day, then there was something wrong. And that's how it should be for a teen because that's healthy. You know, totally. and these church pastors, they know it because they're wanking. They're wanking to child of porn in their car. Are. Yeah, and they're, they're doing worse. They're raping their congregants. They're fleecing their congregants of money. There's nobody with their covenant eye on them or what they're looking at or what they're Googling. It's, I mean, there's no church, no religion without hypocrisy. But this is, this is just spying on people in a horrible way. I really do think I'll make a lot of money off of uh, Wink Bro. Wank but, bro. you know, I, I hope everyone out there downloads Sick and Wrong's Wank Bro app, and uh, maybe we'll have a discount <laughs> if you use the code word diddle. Anyway, people, this is episode yeah. 906 here of Sick and Wrong. We got some phone calls coming up next, 323-522-4032. But first, here's a quick message from Adam and Eve. 
D. Simon, Lance Wackerly. Some folks call them podcrafters. I call them assholes. Mm-hmm. I reckon I better tell you my sick and wrong story. Mm-hmm. I looked in the window and caught my mama working herself good with some sort of pussy toy. Mm-hmm. Some folks call it a rotating G-spot vibrating dildo from adamandeve.com. I call it a pussy toy, kind of shaped like a nanner. Mm-hmm. I guess my mama entered the code word diddle at checkout and got 50% off almost any item. Three free adult DVDs and a gift so sensual I can't even mention it. Mm-hmm. I reckon I'll get back to my biscuits and mustard and jerking off to D and Lance. That's funny and queer. Not funny, haha. It's kind of funny the irony of uh, just doing a whole intro on shameware anti porn apps and then promoting a porn website as our sponsor right after that. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? Go to Adam and Eve, people. Uh, we got some phone calls to get to. 323 522 4032 is the number of the Sick Wrong Hotline. Um, and you can, you know, you can email us too. We don't, we don't just, just play phone calls here. You can email uh, an MP3 to sickerrongpodcast at gmail.com. Got a couple calls here. Uh, the first one came in from somebody we haven't heard from in a little bit of time. It's, I don't know how long it's been, but your fake mom, she called in. Ah. Hey, Dee. Hey, Kate. How are you doing? It's your fake mum here. Um, I've not phoned in for a while. I thought I would give you a bit of an update on what's been going on in my life. I've had my son's been doing his A-levels and he's finished now. So he's officially left school, just waiting for the results. Um, He's refusing to get a job. He is um, nocturnal again. It's gone back to the old COVID days. He's on his gaming all the way through the night, coming downstairs, making himself pot noodles and the likes, leaving all the mess for the morning and then going back upstairs and sleeping all day. Wow, that's like the the ideal life. That's exactly what I was like. So wait, and I is, turned out fine, fake mom. Is he he graduated? Was A levels mean you graduated uh, school? So over here, you can leave school at sixteen because you do you do your GCSEs at sixteen, and then it's kind of you either go out and get a job, or you'll go to college, or yeah, you'll go to college, or you'll stay on at school. Usually, schools have a sixth form, and you can go and do your A levels. So you're eighteen. Okay, so he's, he's 18, 18 so... 17, 18. He's finished school, which is good for him. It is like being in jail. But so he's just not working, just playing video games, probably wanking to a lot of porn. I imagine a lot of oh, hentai yeah. is being watched in his bedroom. You, know, you should get covenant eyes, fake mom. She, Find out what's going should, on up there. She should. <laughs> I mean, if he's going to go away to uni in September, then I would totally just let him... Yeah. I would just let him become nocturnal and fuck it. If he doesn't want to get a job, I'd be like, well, you're going to have no money because I'm not going to give you any. So it's up to you, mate. Tough love. Tough love from K Rambo. Um, so it should be yeah, I mean, I don't know. If you're going to go to 
uni in September. It's only three months. Why don't you give him a break? Let let, let him enjoy his like well, last I think she couple months of freedom. I, I would do that. No. But if he's not going to uni, then you got to fucking get a job there. Buster Brown. <laughs> yeah, you got to get a job there, Buster Brown. <laughs> and I'm putting covenant eyes on your phone. Um, I have suggested that he gets a summer job and goes to save some money for university, but apparently he doesn't need any money. He's absolutely fine. When he needs money, he'll get a job, but he doesn't need money at the moment. And He's not getting laid, that's for damn sure. Yeah, because he would need money. Yeah, you need money club. for that. Oh, but maybe that. that's not... Or to take them to the cinema. But that might not be yeah. a motivation for him. I mean, I think he probably prefers just gaming and talking to his other incel bros. But Hey, I was doing exactly what he did, and I was not an incel. It was just I could stay in, and I can get drunk and smoke my own weed in my own like place, because I had my own flat at that age, and I can uh, play GTA, GTA by myself. So why am I going out? Although yeah, I did you, go out a lot and take a lot did of you drugs pay? too. So maybe you, it's good he doesn't have. How did you pay for your own flat? I had, well, I also had two jobs, and I was also going to college Okay, well, there's the a bit of a difference there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, same with me. I wanted money. But I was on my own. Yeah. Well, I wanted money. Like when I was, so I, I always pretty much worked anyway because my parents didn't give me any money. And so oh, and then the rabbi wanted to instill a work ethic in his, in his children. So we all worked. We all had to work. But yeah, especially in the summer, I remember I worked in the movie theater, you know, had money. Yeah. And yeah, yes. I was trying to scam on chicks. You know, as best, best I can, but you need money in order to do that. You need money to buy drugs. So obviously he likes video games more than money. Now he's not got his results, so he doesn't know if he's definitely going to university um, and he's not decided yet. But at the moment, apparently he's on holiday. So that's that. Um, and I've got Anya. She's just doing a mocks at the moment. My lovely little girl. And um... Wait, she's doing a what? Her mock exams. So before you do your GCSEs, the year before, usually it's the same time when um, the year 11s are doing their GCSEs. The year 10s will do their mocks. My school was good because every year from year 7 to 11, you would do GCSEs. So that's why I'm totally fine taking exams because from year 7 up until year 11, every year for the GCSEs, we would always take exams. Is, so is that like the SAT? No. Yes and no. It's a, it's an exam. It's a written exam. It's not a multiple choice. Uh, and you was... do it across all the subjects. So you end up with 11, uh, between 11 to 13 GCSEs. Well, the SAT was, I think there was a written portion, there was a math portion, there was an English portion, there was a science portion. There's like, it covered all the topics. It's probably similar. Yeah, yeah it sounds kind of similar. But they're all just sit-down exams. But the SAT, you would take... I think when you were a junior in high school and then senior years when you apply for colleges based on your academic record as well as the results of your SAT. Well, what you do over here is you'll take your GCSEs at age six, 16, but you'll be, you mean your A-levels, you'll do it all off that and your GCSEs. So if you've got high A-levels and GCSEs, you start applying for uni when you're like 17, 18. So that's what her son's doing. He took his GSE, GSEs? He's taken his GCSEs, he's taken GCSE. his A-levels, and now he's waiting. 
it all depends because some unis will get like I got unconditional offers. So that meant that no matter how shit my A levels were, they wanted me to go there. But sometimes it'll be like you must get five A's in your A levels to come to this school. And if you hmm. don't meet that, they won't let you in. I was helping her with her homework the other night and we were discussing <laughs> chromosomes. And I just had a thought. I thought, do you know what? What if we'd have evolved with an extra chromosome? So to have Downs would be normal and to have one less would be abnormal. And the whole world was just full of Downs people. Anyway, I've discussed it with a few friends (laughs) and we reckon it would probably be a much better place. So I just wondered what you and Kate thought of that. Anyway, um, I'll go. It's only a quick one just to keep in touch. See you later. Bye. I like her thought Thank experiment you. about Downs people. So what, what did she think? It's like a world of Downs people. And then Me it's almost like a, it's almost like that movie, I Am Legend. You know that with Will Smith? Yeah, but with Downers. Yeah, but with Downers. <laughs> Instead yeah. of vampires. In fact, Pretty that would have been a better movie. Pretty much all me and Claudia movie. do is send each other Down syndrome reels. And I just like, because she knows it disgusts me. Well, I've often thought like, it was... You know, I, I don't I don't like it. What if a Down syndrome person bit you and you got Down syndrome? Oh, that's my worst nightmare. <laughs> like, like it basically would be the retarded dead. Or wait, the walking <laughs> retarded. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the walking retarded and they're heading everywhere. And if they bi- happen to bite you, you're retarded. Every so often... Well, I say every so often. It's probably like at least every couple of days. Remember that uh, Down syndrome person guy who took the British car, took like the British like fucking car of law to the bigger car of law because he really wanted to adopt a child. (laughs) And they turned around and were like, no, no, you guys can't be trusted with children. (laughs) How old was he? And every so often... This happened like a couple of years back, like maybe even last year. Well, why don't they just give them a retarded kid? Why don't they just give them more Down syndrome kids? That's the what other I'm saying. Thing I think is there's a whole thing, and obviously it comes up because I'm on the Rotundo TikTok. So anything Rotundo comes up on my TikTok when I like just open it to look for videos that we can steal, and for some of it, it's like there's a lot of big bros who were really proud of their Down syndrome sisters. And they're like, look at my sister, she's beautiful. And they make her pose with the camera and I'm like, oh, I don't know who you're doing that for, but I just don't want to see that. I remember- uh, It's very gummo to me. Cherries? In high school, Kessler's mom was kind of wealthy and bored. And she was like, I'm going to adopt a retarded child, like a Down syndrome no, kid. No, <laughs> and, no. And Kessler Mom's thought it was a that. great idea. He was just like, I, he goes, I'd love to have a web-toed duck boy as a brother. And, uh, and But the sisters, both of his sisters were very adamantly opposed. And they were oh, just I like, you are not. Kick-offs. Like, you are not. And, Kessler, and I actually was like, I'm all for this. I think this would be great. And I don't think they'd necessarily be web-toed. But regardless, I think it would be great. You know, we'd take them to the mall. We'd pick up chicks. 
No, just you think won't, about how many girls it... your heart would melt if you saw like you know two cool bros with a retarded you know toddler. Oh yeah, you and Kessler, two cool bros <laughs> with a retard. I'd be like, look at those gaggle of retards over there. Me and would... Claudia would be filming you to turn it into reels and to send to all our mates, going, look at these. Oh my god, look at them. <laughs> I would totally train him to help us pick up chicks. <laughs> Well, it wouldn't work on me because much like John Steele himself, I would not be able to eat for a week and I would just be like, why does this happen to me every time I leave the house? Why? I would get one of those like grinder boxes, like get him to like do tricks. We'd make money. We'd pick up ladies. I think it actually would have been kind of a cool thing. But um, yeah, the sisters were opposed so she never did it anyway. Yeah. Good. See, the sisters had sense. That's how you know when you're too rich. When you suddenly, when you're too rich and you're too bored. When your main plan is to just be like, I'm just gonna adopt a retarded child. <laughs> like, no, just invest some money into some racehorses, honey. Stop it. Um, well, nice hearing you from you, uh, uh, Kate's fake mom. And uh, watch out, don't get bitten by a Down syndrome kid because you never know what might happen. Might happen. Uh, speaking of Down syndrome kids, Buffalo Bill called in with some advice for Kate. <laughs> P.N.K. This is Buffalo Bill. And there's two things I'd like to want to mention. Number one, karaoke is fun and I murdered for delicious at karaoke night. Number two. Did he just say Fergalicious? Fergalicious, yeah. Black Eyed Peas? I'm assuming it's got something to do with Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Kate, in reference to your opinion or fear, I don't know what to call it, phobia of the homeless people in Los Angeles. <laughs> fear not. They're just people. Falling upon hard struck in times. Um, I used to work and live in Santa Monica. And on uh, Wednesdays, I would go to Barney's Beanery on the promenade. It's a bar. They have a very nice happy hour on Wednesdays. Wait, do they have a Barney's Beanery in Santa Monica? I didn't know that. Yeah, when we were looking up, didn't they oh, say he, there was a couple of them? Did he say he went to the Barney's Beanery in Santa Monica or on Santa Monica? Because the one on Santa Monica sure. is kind of near where I live. We went there. We, yeah, we. I like uh, the Barney's Beanery there. Yeah, and that's actually, where all the fucking there's tons of crazy homeless people on Santa Monica. Yeah, like, there's it's Melrose, Santa Monica. There's tent cities everywhere. Yeah, there are loads. Not as many as you get down to where Barney's Beanery is, but there are there are a no, lot of homeless gets, people. It starts to get cleaned up about yeah. that point. Barney's Beanery though is a great place for late night uh, food. It's it's like one of the Ooh. and it's a good it has a good bar. Like I actually kind of dig that place. Do you want a little Los Angeles history that I learned recently? So you know that Starbucks. It looks like a weird Starbucks because there's like a big chunk taken out the side. It's like a curved entrance. It's on Where? the corner. On Santa Monica, there's a, uh, there's a, a Starbucks on the corner. Hmm. And you, it looks like there's a big curved circle taken out of it. Well, that used to be a burger restaurant. And that big curved circle used to be a burger. And you used to walk in through the burger. 
inside the burger to get inside the burger place. It was like an old, like a Los Angeles institution, but like all good things, it came to an end. Of course, Starbucks would ruin the burger. Um, I'll have to look for that place. I'm not quite sure. There's like a million Starbucks, so it's confusing. You'll know it when I see it. It's kind of like an interesting Starbucks. And my coworkers and I would get into many uh, hijinks. Uh, two notable ones is uh, uh, some coworkers and I may or may not have legally possessed cannabis and had a homeless person roll joints for us when I was working in the area. Gross. And then the other time is yeah, that is gross, dude. They they don't have toilet paper. They use their hands. So what were you smoking, Buffalo Bill? Fucking disgusting. Fucking disgusting. That is rank. <laughs> Although it might make you higher, you know, Probably. might make it a little bit more potent. Definitely. Uh, the my coworkers and I were hanging out in the beanery, drinking as one does. Uh, during happy hour. And then um, we realized, oh, one of our coworkers is missing. Where could she have gone? Let's go take a little search about for her. And we walked outside and there was, a, a, I believe you say, unhoused person uh, who was missing their legs. And they have no legs. Next to them was my coworker uh, drinking out of their Mickey of, of vodka, a Smirnoff vodka, and holding one of their prosthetics. <laughs> <laughs> What's grosser, holding the prosthetic limb or drinking the Smirnoff vodka that a homeless person was drinking? drinking the vodka for sure like i would totally hold a peg leg uh i wouldn't want to touch it but i would you know if i was drunk i would, I would probably get the bravado but there was no way i would touch that vodka in a million years Ugh. ever yeah that's gross by far one of the funniest sights i've come upon oh my goodness so there's nothing to fear they're just people who've come on hard times as any of us have. I uh, hope you're enjoying LA, USA, USA, land of the free as long as you live here, but not kind of, sort of. I'm rambling. Anyway, uh, keep it set, keep it wrong. Lick my balls. Bye-bye. <laughs> Always good to hear from Buffalo Bill. He always sounds like he's yeah, like stop. either really drunk or really high or both. Probably because he is. Stop trying to humanize the homeless. Like 2% of them are people who've just fallen on bad times and, you know, they'll live in their car and they'll still go to work and they'll go and get showers and truck stops and they'll, they'll stop at nothing to, you know, get their apartment back, get back on their feet. Those people I admire. I do not admire the others. 98%. The other 98% of them who were just like meffed out, just insane, you know, shitting in the streets, pissing wherever, just like, they're just street rats. And I do believe we should gaggle them all up and just throw them onto an island and just let it, let them, let them work itself out. They're a burden to us. I know, Kay Rambo, eventually you might move here and befriend a homeless person. How? You, you never know. I mean, you might be waiting for the bus. 
And well, uh, firstly, I'm never going to get a bus in LA. I will walk before okay. I get a bus. Well, maybe you might actually trip and fall, and a homeless person helps you up off the ground. And steals my wallet at the same time. I wouldn't <laughs> let them touch me with that. <laughs> um, you might get dragged into one of those tents and then be forced exactly. to have a conversation with them for six hours, and then you come out, and you're going to be like, that's one of the most profound conversations I've ever had. What is it they call them? The unhoused. That's the way you're supposed to start referring to them. The because they're not homeless by choice. I'm pretty sure a lot of those ones who could go into like, um, you know, the YMCA to stay, you know, but instead they make the choice to stay on the street and smoke meth and be a fucking burden. They're homeless. The unhoused are the ones who want to get back into society. I think you're paying for the entertainment value. That's the thing with homeless people. They're unpredictable. You never know what they might do. They might just, mo- I would say more terrifying. often than not, they're just going to sit there and you know, scream incoherently at themselves. But sometimes they might like throw a bottle like through a car's window or take a shit and throw it at, like a woman walking across the street. I mean, you never know what might happen. It's, it's entertainment. It's un- being unpredictable. It's not having this, you know, living your life, you know, according to the status quo. But they're a glitch in the matrix. I'm just from Namby Pamby Europe. Like even in Europe, it, the homeless aren't that bad. And when you do see them, they're like just so quiet and meek and just like off to a corner. Like the California, it's di- it's different, isn't it? It's the ones in Europe, there. which I'm always amazed by, like you'll see them kneeling just with their head down and their hands up, and hands they're not out. doing anything else. They're just sitting there for like four hours in that position, like a yeah, supplicant no. position. That's not how it is in LA. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not definitely not i liked that when we were out in beverly beverly hills we were going to nate and al's and we just parked up and there was that homeless woman on the bench who shouted at you yo <laughs> you got 20 dollars <laughs> <laughs> holy sh- where the fuck are you you're like halfway down the street <laughs> i love when they ask you for exact like an exact amount like do you have 489 it's like what do you need 489 for you know, it's probably like a pint of some shitty rum. But I, I actually don't mind homeless people. I mean, I do find them, there's an entertainment value there that I think you'll learn to appreciate. Anyway, um, and, and Buffalo Bill clearly has, and his friend clearly has, if she's drinking with them and holding prosthetic limbs. Thank you, Buffalo Bill, for calling in. It's always good to hear from you. People, give us a call, 323-522-4032. And once again, big ups to everyone who supports us on the Patreon. We do appreciate it. We really do. You, you help keep this show going every week. Um, also, if you want to get some merch, I'm working on a hentai shirt. It's my secret project. I'm hoping to get that up soon, sooner rather than later. Uh, but that's going to be at the T Public store. Sigronpodcast.com slash shop. Click on the picture of the Pope. Get yourself some SW merch. Finally here, Sigaronk Song of the Week. I think this is the perfect song for this episode. And I want to I dedicate it to the developers of Covenant Eyes and Accountability for You and Accountability Forever. The Girls of Porn by Mr. Bungle. You know this song? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is a good one. Um, the Girls of Porn by Mr. Bungle off their uh, first record, self-titled. Came out in 1991. I'm so old, I actually saw them on this tour. Did you? Do you know how old I was in 1991? You were probably like six or seven. I was six. (laughs) 
Yeah. I didn't um, need spyware or anything. I was just an innocent young girl. I think I saw them in 92 because I think I was like a sophomore in high school because we could drive to go check it out. It was at St. Andrew's Hall and it was an amazing show. And John Zorn actually produced this record. Great record. So we're going to end the show here with Girls of Porn. People will be back next week with episode 907. Till then, take it sleazy. Motherfuckers out there. It's time to win a chance to butt bang your daughter's tight virgin cherry ass to call her number six, six, six.
Kevin, what are you doing in the library? I thought you were allergic to books. I don't come here for the books, man. I come here for the chicks. See that blonde working in the front desk? <laughs> She's so hot, I'm surprised she hasn't set up a sprinkler system by now. I should have known. Anyways, I came by to invite you to my place later tonight. My parents are gone for the weekend, and I got the place all to myself. Weston and Zook are coming over, and Zook, he's bringing some of those new videos. And you know what kind of videos he specializes in. He says these are hotter than ones we saw last month. And one <laughs> even has that platinum gal you like so very much. Oh, yeah. You gotta check out this website. Babes on this. <laughs> They're unreal. Anyway, I gotta go pick up some munchies and uh, special buzz juice if you catch my drift. Right after I pay my respects to 